the FAMU players already know who they want to be their new head coach in 2024. And if you ask me, they won't have to push administration hard to make that hire. Oh, yeah. This locked on HBCU. Play my music. You are locked on HBCU. Your daily podcast covering HBCU sports. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's going on, family? Welcome back to another episode of the Locked On HBCU Podcast, your number one daily one-stop shop for everything HBCU athletics, Monday through Friday, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And I, of course, am Darian Gray, a.k.a. the Mouth of the South, Texas Southern alum and former TSU Herald Sports editor and current contributing writer at USA Today Saints Wire. Thank you for going on this episode, or excuse me, on this journey with me, making this episode your first listen of the day every day. And remember, just because the mic cuts off doesn't mean the journey's over. Just means it's time to follow me on Twitter at South Exclusives. Starts with an S and ends with an S. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and get $20 off your first purchase. We'll wrap up today's episode. With the New Year's resolution, somebody told me New Year's stay out of a restaurant. I said, I guess it ain't too late. Let me go ahead and get my New Year's resolution. Uh, before that, we'll be looking at our HBCU National Players of the Week, and it wasn't really hard for the committee to decide on this one. But before any of that, Florida A&M, Willie Simmons' departure, all of that has been the biggest story of the last week, and it will probably continue to be the biggest story until we get to the point where, bam, you actually hires a new coach. And – this is a story that we will follow every step of the way when rumors come out, when anything like little updates come out the same way that we're doing that with Texas Southern and their, their coaching search, just because I'm not a family alum, there's still a similar amount of passion because I'm interested. I'm intrigued in this story. But if you want to know who the players want, I'll tell you right now, because they sent out a letter and I thought this was a very bold move to back a man in a, and what I have heard has been a multi-man race. I haven't heard anything about it being a one-man race. So it's not like you back the obvious candidate. You just came out and you back the guy who has or is in competition with multiple other candidates. So I thought that was a very bold move by the football team. But they asked for James Colsey, who is currently the interim head coach. And that is one of the reasons I don't think they're going to have to push hard. But let me first give the reasons they say that Colsey be a good coach. And culture is one of the things that I mentioned when looking at in-house candidates on Tuesday's episode. So on Tuesday's episode, we looked at in-house versus out-of-house and just not the number or not the specific candidates, but just in general what it means when you're bringing in the in-house guy versus bringing in an out-of-the-program guy, right? So on that, one of the things that I spoke about was culture because culture is always a selling point. We think they can maintain the culture, continuity, things of that nature. This is what the players the football leadership council, right? This is what they had to say when talking about Cozy. Cozy will provide the needed continuity and stability to keep our program or championship program headed on its current trajectory. And this is what I expect to hear when campaigning for an in-house candidate. Continuity, keeping things the same. 
we think that they can whether we like where we at or we like where we're headed you want those things remember no bad team is looking at in-house candidates to replace their fired head coach unless unless the interim does such a great job and technically they would be an in-house candidate think of hopefully fingers crossed think of antonio pierce with the las vegas raiders where they were going bad he came in and gave them a little bit of stability a little bit of hope i do hope that he gets that job but another thing that i liked that they said coach cozy has illustrated genuine concern for us academically, athletically, and in our overall personal growth and development. Relationships are real, especially in college, because a lot of times, yes, you have some grown men in there. You have men who have real responsibility, have kids. Like You have all of those things, but then you also have the 17-year-old coming in from high school who for the first time is out of their parents' house. You have those things as well. Sometimes you got to take on that mentorship role. Sometimes you got to take on, we always have to take on that leadership role. I'm not saying be a father figure, but you got to be a protective sort from some people getting in trouble that they can't keep themselves out of because they're 17 years old, 18 years old, 19, right? Ain't even 20 yet. So being a collegiate coach does come with a lot of responsibilities. So I think the concern that he has for the academics and then also the personal growth is important. Of course, he's going to care for them athletically. Every coach does, but not every coach cares about the other two of the trio. So I do think that those are great reasons. I think they list them out well. And it stuck with A.D. Dawn Sykes. And the reason I say this is because she mentioned it. And it says she met with the players. I don't think that this was coincidence that she mentioned this to us. It was something that stuck with her. But I don't even know if it needed to because I do believe that James Cozy is the coach that they wanted. Now, there could be another candidate, and we'll get in there. But I think that James Cozy has the lead right now. Again, James Cozy has a lead, but I think that's who they want to pick. And I think maybe that letter is what really what will really solidify. It's like, okay, the team wants this guy. We already kind of want this guy. Because if I'm ignorant, tell me, right? Please do. But why did we need an interim head coach at FAMU after Willie Simmons left? Willie Simmons left at the top of the year. Early signing day had already happened. National signing day was two months away, month and some change away, however you want to phrase it. Why do we need an interim head coach? I don't think that having an interim head coach is going to help recruits feel more comfortable with the situation. They're probably going to wait to see who the permanent head coach is. And like I said, early signing day already happened. So you didn't need somebody to be the head of your program as you navigate December 20th. You didn't need that. It already happened. So to me, putting interim on his his title or just giving him the interim title felt unnecessary. Didn't feel like he really had a purpose. But to me, that signified that that's who you want because it was so strange. And when I say I could be ignorant, I'm speaking on the sense that maybe this happens all the time and I just don't notice it. Maybe this happens all the time. I just don't notice it. Right. Because I'm not paying attention to everything all the time and I'm not paying attention to when a coach is moving on because a lot of times coaches don't just move on right like that's not as frequent a lot of times coaches get fired so this is i'm trying to think who was the last coach to just move on obviously it was Dion, but they named tc immediately i think they named tc before the the celebration bowl yeah they did so i'm trying to think who else just coach g moved on at albany state but i think i don't remember what they did there 
So the point is, this is not this is not a common occurrence. So for them to do that, I believe they were already leaning the way of, of James Cozy. I believe that it's his job to lose, but other people can come in and take it, right? Or he's a leader in the in the race, but I do not believe it's his race to lose. Like I don't think it's just he has to not he has to just not screw it up. I think that he really needs to win this job, and they'll give other people a chance. But James Cozy to me is the favorite, and I think the players writing a letter really kind of solidified that. But as we move forward, we're going to look at the national players of the week, something that we are trying to bring into our weekly schedule. And we'll look at three players, one from the or two from the FCS level, or excuse me, it's, it's just D1 now because uh, we're in basketball, so no more FCS. But one from the Division One level and then one from the Division Two level, and we'll wrap up or as we continue with today's episode of Locked on HBCU. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel, and FanDuel is the official sports book of the Locked On Podcast Network. If you're new to FanDuel, go to FanDuel.com slash Locked On, put down a $5 money line bet, and make $150 back in bonus bets. Now, we have one week left starting tomorrow. We have one week left of college or, excuse me, of professional football in a regular season. So that means you're going to have a lot of options this week. And then they're going to begin to narrow down with the amount of games you can put money on. So if you're new to FanDuel, go there, put down a $5 money line bet, get $150 back in bonus bets. That's $150 back in bonus bets. But it's not just the NFL. You also have the NBA. You also have college football with games almost every single day. You also have have hockey, right? Like there's a lot of things. So there's a lot of options. But in order to know them all, got to go to FanDuel.com slash locked on that's fanduel.com slash locked on make every moment more as we continue rolling on today's episode of locked on hbcu i appreciate you for making this your first listen of the day every day and remember for your second listen check out locked on sports today no matter when you're listening to me There'll be another live program on for you or a recorded program on for you 24-7, the first ever 24-7 sports network on YouTube, Locked On Sports Today. Go subscribe. Now, we're going to be looking at the national players of the week because I want to continue this, and I really want your feedback on it, yay or nay, how you feel about it. Because y'all, y'all push this show. We talk about the things y'all want us to talk about, right? We talk about the things that you want me to. I talk about the things you want me to talk about. So if you like this segment, let me know. If you don't like this segment, let me know. I'm going to keep going unless people tell me they don't like it. But I think it's good to highlight our players who are playing on an exceptional level. The conferences often do it. And I'll go over the conference ones anyway if we, uh, if we, uh, what's it called? Uh, if we don't do this. So I'm going to highlight players no matter what. But I just want to let you, I just want to know what you guys think because I'm trying to, to shape this but anywho they picked a, a MEAC player and a CIAA player but the committee did not pick a SWAC or a SEAC player so there is no there's no TSUs out here there's no Virginia unions or excuse me yes there's Virginia there's no uh Benedict colleges there's none of that right it's just MEAC CIAA I don't know why they did that this week seeing that the SWAC did play a game late in the in the uh time frame so this was from the 23rd to the 
thirtieth. And the swag did play games in that time frame, but I, I don't know why they didn't do that. But so this was that's why it was simple because basically you take the MIAC and you take the CIAA, and once you get their player of the week, you know that's your national player of the week. But they also have an independent, which comes from Tennessee State. So let's get to Seth Towns, right? Howard. 18 points, 12 rebounds, two assists, three steals, one block. That's a full game. 18 points, 12 rebounds. So you got a double-double, right? You got two assists. That's minor, of course. But then you got three steals and one block, right? Like So those are nice numbers in multiple categories. And in a way... That game is a small example of what Seth Towns' season has been like. He's first in points, first in rebounds, third in assists. He's three behind the guy who has first place, right? So he's one of three players with 30 or more assists on Howard. This is a player who has a good story. This right here is a good story because Howard actually ended a three-game losing streak by winning this game. Um, one thing I've noticed is that the storylines are prevalent throughout these these games, right? And I think that'll kind of cut down a little bit as we get into uh, conference schedule, whether that's SWAC or MEAC or whatever. Like SWAC and MEAC haven't really gotten into their conference schedules yet. So I think that it'll change a little bit. It'll be less storyline-based and less and more just impact-based. But they broke a three-game losing streak. And they won this game. Seth Towns is an eighth-year player, and no, he hasn't been playing all eight years. He's had injuries that have disrupted everything. The story just go. He's a good story, and then also Howard knocking off a or knocking off a team to end the three-game losing streak. Also, good story. Um, Caleb Coleman out of Fayetteville State. That's the Division Two National Player of the Year, and he had twenty points, four rebounds, one assist, and one block. Excuse me. So Fayetteville took a little bit of a break from their conference schedule because they had back-to-back CIAA games, uh, didn't win those games, and they had two losses in a row. But then they played Newberry as, I guess, kind of an interlude in between their their games. And there you go. Now you get in the win column. Now you're trying to go back into the CIAA, continue that momentum. But once again, story, two-game losing streak, three-game losing streak. That's what it's been two times in a row. And Brown was the leading scorer. On that team, he was uh, let me make sure I got that right. There we go. So it was one of his better three point shooting performances, and he had 20 points. Four of those shots, or 12 of those points, I should say, excuse me, uh, were from three point range, and he went four or nine, which was almost his best shooting percentage. It was the most he had made, but the first time he made four, four in a game, he had eight, eight attempts instead of nine attempts, excuse me. So, um, that's one of his better three-point shooting, which is what he does for Fayetteville, to be honest. And then you have Tennessee State. And Tennessee State actually played two games. That's what we'll see most times when it comes to <clears throat> when it comes to um, the SWAC and the MEAC and CIAA. Once we really get into the flow of things, they'll have two games a week. Both should fall into this uh, into this time frame. But Tennessee State actually had to and. He averages 15 points in the game. One he had 10, one he had 20. And, of course, in the one he had 20, they won the game. It was Tennessee State's first OVC victory of the season. You see what I'm saying? Like, the storylines are prevalent. They're there. They're present. Like, it, I don't know. Maybe I'm just beating a dead horse at this point. But Christian Brown played two games, had 20 points in one, 10 in the other. And there was there was a player. Oh, I don't want to call this guy EJ Liddell. 
I wish I'd have it pulled up. I think it was EJ Bradbury. Or something. But Bradbury, he was on the boards heavily in that second game, right? And he scored 17 points. And, like, ah, I don't know. I think that I probably would have gave it to him number-wise, but you got the leading scorer on the team that just won their first conference game. Storyline, storyline, storyline. But matter of fact, let's get a storyline going because I'm going to get my New Year's resolution. I want to get what my New Year's resolution is, and it kind of has to do with the show. And I'll look at that as we continue with Locked On HBCU. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. And Game Time is your number one ticket service, and it eliminates any worries of procrastination. Doesn't matter if there's a game tomorrow. Doesn't matter if there's a comedy show next week. Doesn't matter if things are going on today. Game Time has it for you. Now, all you have to do, Go to the Game Time app, download the Game Time app, create an account, and you will get $20 off your first purchase. Now, when I look at Game Time, you can go in advance like me. I'm going to go ahead and pick up my tickets for the Pelicans versus Mavericks game, or you can just look on the day of and say, oh, I want to go to this concert, this comedy show, this sporting event, right? Like they have everything, this play, they have everything that you could ask for. All you have to do is go to Game Time. You uh, create an account and you'll get $20 off your first purchase. As wrapping up today's episode of Locked on HBCU, I appreciate you for making this your first listen of the day every day, making it all the way to segment three. And I thank you two times for that. Thank you. Thank you. I was going to get something to eat today. Well, I did get something to eat. Oh, yeah, I got, I got something to eat today or yesterday at this point. I'm recording this late. But I got something to eat yesterday, and the guy who was at the catch register said, Happy New Year's. And in my mind, I'm like, it's the fourth day of the year, man. Why are we still saying Happy New Year's? And I thought about it. He ain't seen me since last year, technically. I, I never really seen him, actually, at all. But uh, he hadn't seen me since last year, and it's still the first week. So it's still been the first week. I said, you know what? I can get my New Year's resolution off. So I typed it up. I just had to move it, and I completely forgot to come back and, and give this to you. Excuse me. I got drink my drink. Um, My vocal cords. Y'all don't meet. I don't, I'll be giving y'all so much information you did not ask for. I'm sorry. Um, But New Year's resolution is for me to go to two to four games this year, and a couple of those will be Texas Southern. So two is not difficult. I probably should have upped it to three to five, but – since it'll probably be primarily in the fall, I'm not going to bump it up to 35. But that being said, I want to get out and travel. My girl been pressing me about travel. She want me to do it personally, like just for leisure. I said, all right, but I'm going to do a little travel for work. She said, no count, but whatever. Um, but I want to go to two to four games, three to five games, because... I know I'm going to go to a TSU football game. I plan on getting down there for a TSU spring uh, basketball game, but I don't know if I'm going to be able to get down there. I don't know if I'm going to be able to go anywhere else in the spring. I might be able to go other places in the fall, but I don't know if I'm going to be able to go anywhere else in the spring. So I I kind of want to I kind of want to make sure I can get to some of these games, whether it's a Virginia Union game, right, CIAA, SEAC, MEAC. I've never been to any of those games. I've just been to a TSU game. Right. And that's the only stadium I've been to. One of the reasons I love going to TSU football is because it allows me to see certain teams. For example, I was able to catch FAMU and I was a really 
uh, I enjoyed their game. I'm not going to say I was a fan, but I really enjoyed how family played football. So I wanted to see them live. And I knew they were the most prominent team in the division or in the conference, excuse me. So I wanted to see FAMU, and I was able to, and all I had to do was go to Houston. It wasn't that difficult for me. But I want to make sure I can get to other stadiums. Even though that's another stadium in the SWAC, I want to go check out a MIAC game. Maybe y'all tell me how it's going to be in Durham. And for me, it's also it's also a, a way. I want to get out, and I want to meet y'all. I want to touch y'all. I want to see how y'all are because I want to know what the city's like. If there's a place that people like to go to, let me know. If there's a, a place I got to eat when I get out there, let me know. Um, I'll probably ask this again closer to to uh, football season because people probably ain't going to remember that long. That's okay. But environment of the city, environment of the stadium, quality of the game, those are all things that I want to do. I want to see if I can get to two TSU games, one in the spring, one in the fall, and then also get to two or three other games, even that's a – maybe it's a rivalry, Magic City Classic, whatever it may be, I want to see if I can get out there and see y'all and be around y'all and, and all of those things. So just let me know where the places that I have to go and I'm there. Okay. So I appreciate you for making this your first listen of the day every day, making sure I ain't forget anything about my New Year's resolution. No, that's it. So I appreciate you for making this your first listen of the day every day for the whole entirety of the year so far. Let's continue that into next week as well. But in the meantime, in between time, you can follow me on Twitter at South Exclusives. Take care. Stay blessed. Hey.